0: Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Radio Program. Man, I am so excited that you're here with us today. It is a big weekend. It's Father's Day weekend. Happy Father's Day. Hey, let me ask you a question. Have you guys got Dad the gift yet? It, 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 it may be a little too late, but here's what you can do. Go check out Outpost Coffee, co. com. Outpost Coffee, they have incredible caffeinated beverages. You got to get a hold of this stuff. They are amazing people, and they will treat you right, and I'm telling you, the best tasting coffee you've ever had. Check them out at outpostcoffeeco.com. Like I said, this weekend is Father's Day weekend, and I'm telling you, men are important. Dads, fathers are important. The impact that you have on the next generation, that young man, that young woman, The impact that you have is vital. It's huge. So regardless of what the culture tells us, regardless of what television or social media tries to shove down our throats, don't ever forget this. Men are important. And because men are important, what I've done for today's program is i brought in Dr. Ken Canfield, and we talk about his book, The Seven Secrets to Effective Fathers, Becoming the Father Your Child Needs. And we talk about just the idea of what it looks like to be a godly father. And so I hope and I pray that this conversation encourages you and it challenges you to be the father that God has called you to be. You can check out more about what Ken's doing at fathers.com. Welcome to the Northfield Nation, Dr. Ken Canfield. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, Doing well, Caleb. Awesome, awesome. I'm so excited to have you on the program today. So, you talk to folks about the importance of fathers. You've, you've authored several books, and you have you, you, you talk about the importance of, of a dad. Um, tell me about what really got you started on this journey.
1: Well... Being a father myself, uh, when a first child was born, even though I was doing graduate work in the area of family well-being, I discovered the profound magical moment that when a child comes out, you don't expect what really comes over you. In in my sense, in my personal experience, was a, a tremendous amount of responsibility. I remember vividly, we lived in this house it was a fixer-upper and we fixed it up our first child was coming home my wife was in the hospital all of a sudden I realized oh my gosh here she just given birth there are some rickety steps so on adrenaline I went home and worked for about I think seven eight hours rebuilding steps to get into the house while my wife rested in the hospital and our new uh, daughter uh, was uh, a blessing given to us. So here I am working. And and what I found is there's something that's released in us. Women know intuitively because they got to go through 40 weeks of pregnancy. But sure. men, it, it kind of comes on and surprises us. So that launched me into personally. But then uh, academically, what's going on in fathers in their lives and hearts as well as What are the benefits that come uh, by having children and vice versa? We know clearly from the data, kids without dads, I mean, they're vulnerable to a whole host of what is noted as negative social sequelae. And so what can we do to bring these two together? That was the genesis
0: back in 1980. So let me ask you this, because the the statistics show that 7 out of 10 young adults by the time they're done with their freshman year of college um, tend to tend to leave the faith tend to walk away from the faith how do you think how, how connected is that to not having a real genuine active father in the household
1: well <clears throat> that's a difficult one to really tease out and validate and I'll tell you why there's so many intervening variables but this I sure. do know uh, if god disclosed himself in fatherly ways you think that fathers have an important role to play, uh, I, I would say, yeah, they do. Yeah. Now, notwithstanding, mothers have an important role, too. Uh, we can be motherless, and there's a whole host of negative social consequences, you know, surrounding that. But when dads are engaged and when you throw in the faith factor, uh, it it adds what I think depth, resiliency and several other positive values to a child's well-being and a family's future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I, I couldn't agree more. Um, so you've got a book. It's called Seven Secrets to Effective Fathers. So what what does that look? What's what? What are we talking about in this book? So it looks like you've got seven secrets. I mean, obviously you don't want to keep it in secret uh, because you put it in a book. <laughs> Um, tell me about this book and, and, and just sort of, kind of the idea behind it.
1: Sure. Uh, well, obviously my publisher came up with the word secrets. <sighs> These are seven habits and seven traits that distinguish affected fathers from what I call regular run-of-the-mill fathers. And this is how I came to this. Um, doing some research I identified a group of fathers that were, by their peers, uh, effective fathers. In other words, number one, they had reared children through the adolescent years. Because it's uh, quite a different deal to, you know, father a toddler or a teenager, Yeah. But to get them through the teenage years into young adulthood, that's a whole different deal. So I looked at these fathers and I gave them uh, a in-depth questionnaire. It's called the Personal Fathering Profile. What we looked at, everything from uh, emotional interaction, communication, showing affection, uh, spiritual development uh, values, uh, how you deal with crises. And then I took this group of of effective fathers and I contrasted through a statistical uh, test, a t-test, their scores with uh, other fathers, uh, a general populace. And these seven traits emerged. Now the seven traits I hope make common sense because if you get research that has something new that's never been discovered, (laughs) uh, particularly in the fathering (laughs) field, you you ought to hold that in suspect because I really believe Returning to what we do know and looking at the facets of that is where we need to uh, to apply. So these seven traits, uh, habits uh, emerge that distinguished affected fathers.
0: It's incredible. I, I, I just I've I've skimmed through. I've not finished reading the book, but I've skimmed through parts of it, and I, and I love the idea of having commitment in the world in which we live. Dads just some of them are just checking out. And, and, yeah. and, and the idea of actually being committed to following through and being a, a spiritual leader and being committed to that, it's just, it's really big on my radar for, for guys, especially in the church. You, you, everybody thinks that men that are in the church, oh, they're, they're in the church, so they're good. There's so many guys yeah. that are just sort of kind of half-heartedly just one foot in, one foot out of yeah. the water. And well.
1: And, and to be truthful, Caleb, I mean, that can happen to even the best of fathers. You sure. know, you get pressure about business or you get pressure about uh, other things, and, and you can easily lose focus. And what I say to, to all that, I mean, the window of your influence is really short. Absolutely. I mean, blink and it's gone. Not, not only do I have five children that are... Uh, raised, married, and doing well, but I have 12 grandchildren now. Oh wow! Congratulations. I look back and I think of the fathering years, and even though changing diapers, going to ball games, grading, helping in the homework, doing projects, that seemed to be exhausting at the time. Yep. As I look back, it went so quickly, yeah. so, so quickly. So this commitment uh, and the scale that really uh, emerged that identified commitment and in the back of the book you can see the the empirical evidence talked about your motivation to be a good father uh, how committed are you at this particular time and how's that commitment expressed and there are no, a number of other questions related to that but this commitment was a distinguishing trait so the the challenge for any listener right now is uh, how would you express your commitment as a dad mm. I mean what are you willing to do to give up to invest uh, in in this relationship that is that is really short but is going to have huge generational implications
0: mm, yeah, absolutely, and I think along with with doing that is, is that whole idea of, of knowing your kids, getting to understand yeah. them, and every one of the kids and I have four, and every one of them is different. I can't parent them. You know, one of them the same way I parent the other one. I have to, you know, they're they're individual and unique, and so they're one. You know, the thing that would work for Gabe won't work for Austin. So I have to do different things sometimes to get through. And so I just I love that 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 follow up just after commitment. You've got this to know your kid. Make sure you understand yep. them. So it's that's so good.
1: Do you know their personality? Do you know their character strengths? You know, before we leave commitment, there's just one little story I think is worth telling. Jose De Vink. And this is uh, applauding those that have special needs kids. I tell you what, Caleb, I always tell special needs dads, if I uh, reach heaven before you do, I'm going to nominate you for the Congressional Heavenly Medal of Honor. Come because on. anybody who has a special needs child, oh, my goodness. Well, Jose uh their first child was born, and they noted you know, that, that he didn't seem to respond to light. Well, after going to the doctor and looking, uh, they found that their child, uh, Christopher, uh, wouldn't be able to see. And oh, later they found wow. out he wouldn't be able to talk and they were gonna to have to care for him wow. the, their whole life. And so the doctor said, you know, we have homes for places like this. And Jose said, no, nah, no, nah, we're taking this this boy home. He's our son. Now,
0: yeah.
1: fast forward 30 years five years. He lived to be 35. He couldn't speak. He couldn't see. They had to feed, bathe, toilet, all of that stuff. And they subsequently had uh, four other healthy children. Yeah. And at the funeral of this, this boy, uh, one of the younger siblings said, Dad, how did you do it? Those 30, how did you manage, you know? And he said, well i didn't ask myself if i could do this for 35 years i just said can i do it today and the answer was always yes i can so Lord. here's commitment at an extraordinary level that i think's worth noting and dad's a special needs or dad's in difficult circumstances let's say there's a divorce or you know some other crazy thing that happens uh that's when commitment
0: really shines. It really does. That's uh, man, great story. Thanks for sharing that. Incredible. Um, this, the idea of um, I, I saw this secret number five, and I wanted to touch yep. on this because this is this is a a big one in the world in which we live. Because you know, I, I see parents that don't necessarily love on each other or take you know show affection towards one another in front of their kids. Just, oh, I don't want to do that. But this idea of loving their mother. Tease that out for me.
1: Yeah, okay. What uh, distinguishes uh, what I'd say fathering that is really tuned in and uses all of its assets is the connection to the child's mother. Sure. Now, hopefully, you know, in the best of circumstances, you're married to that child's mother because there's research that supports, you know, married uh, parenting and the advantages it has over non-resident, non-married parenting. But hold that for a second. What a wife does is provide you an asset and insights that you will never get. You will never feel because you you, you didn't, you know, have that child in your womb 40 weeks. And so with that, uh, we need to tap into the assets of what mothers bring. Now, cultivating the relationship and modeling is huge for your daughters and your sons. How are they going to learn how to treat a woman? if they haven't seen it modeled in the home and how your daughter's going to know how to react to a man if they haven't seen the love the care the respect you know because your wife is a co-heir to the grace of life yeah if they haven't experienced that so cultivating a high quality marriage is important in a in a in a fathering what i call toolbox and 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 so there are ways that, you know, you approach that. I, I encourage all of my married children right now, go to a marriage conference once a year. I mm. mean, you need regular tune-ups. And, yeah. and even though it's maybe the same old stuff or there may be nothing new, still focusing on what that was, that relationship that, that brought you children is critical uh to to your health well-being etc cetera, etc
0: cetera. yeah that's so good i love that we uh my wife and i try to do a marriage conference at least once a year because they're just there's i agree 100 they're so they're so vital they're so good um let's i want to i want to shift gears just for a minute and just for kind of we'll come back to the books and we'll talk about that here in a minute but i want to ask you how did jesus get a hold of your life get a hold of your heart Well, I drew up up, (laughs) up a plan for my life, and (laughs) Jesus
1: wasn't in it. (laughs) Uh, And what I was going to say is I grew up in a time where there was a respect. uh, You know, you respected God and country, but you really didn't love God. Because, you know, the the place where we attended uh, church irregularly, you know, Christmas and Easter, that sort of deal, it was really numb. Uh, it didn't have what I call the vitality of faith that that is necessary for you to, to grow and mature in your life. So quickly, I, I got into a ton of uh, alternative and unhealthy behaviors. And after, you know, burning uh, through all of those for, uh, you know, a fair amount of years, I realized, man, there's got to be something more to life. And and then coming out of uh, a, a culture that was ridden with uh, drug abuse, I realized that you know why take drugs if you 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 come down?
0: Yeah.
1: And and there's got to be something out there that's natural. And and after reading and praying and you know searching. I came to the you know realization that's when I found Christ or Christ found me yeah and uh, that became the basis uh, for you know my work academically it became the basis for my relationship soon thereafter with my wife and how we led our family so for me it was just kind of a reawakening of what has been obvious in American culture but has has many times now been kind of skirted over or, uh, you know, underestimated. And so right now I think spiritual fathering is in both. When you could take principles that you know are true that have history of, of excellence. I mean, just think of, I mean, Deuteronomy 129 says this, Moses as he's leading the children of Israel across the desert says to them, Uh, You know, remember how the Lord your God carried you all the way through the Mm -hmm. desert to this place, just like a father carries a son. So he appeals to this tender image during times of transition and crisis as a a father carries. And, you know, it's generic. It could be a child. Uh, So that was like, whoa, that's in the Bible. And then (laughs) you look at the Apostle Paul and what he says, uh, you know, I wish... And this guy wasn't even a natural father, but arguably probably one of the best fathers in the history because he understood the spiritual nature of being uh, the, the father figure to Titus, Timothy, and Silas, and a host of others. But he said in First Thessalonians, one of his early written letters, uh, I wish you all would be as a father who encourages, comforts, and urges your children to live lives worthy. So, I mean, here's a, you know, encouraging, comforting and then urging them. You know, this is how you need to live. So that whole urging implies too the need for discipline, personal discipline and guidance for your children.
0: So good. So great. Man, I, that's Man, I love that. It is incredible. So you you've you've written multiple books. Uh, how many how many books total have you written? Uh 13 or 14. Yeah. Wow. I, I saw that you uh, I, was, I saw another book that you had out. It's called the The Heart of Father or Heart of a Father, I apologize Heart yeah. of a Father. And you've got this sort of kind of broken up into different parts and different different sections. Um, one of the things that I, I, I looked at was the the four i cans of fathering, that idea of, of wh- what I can do, how to how to build my house up, how to build up. Flush that out about what what that looks like. What is what are the four I cans?
1: Yeah, uh, what I tried to do is again build off the empirical research, and this is research that uh, no matter if you're you're uh, a faithful father or just a regular secular dad, uh, you have to deal with these these pillars because they define what fathering is about. The I cans are th- those uh, what I call walls uh, around a house that's built. The first is involvement. So, you know, think of that as being the front door to the house of your father. Uh, How you get engaged with your children is through involvement. Uh, How involved are you really? And and that's necessary to get not only an awareness, but, but then build this long-term relationship and that you can quantify with the amount of time, you know, and of course there's quality and quantity time. Sure. Uh, the second, uh, the, the C is consistency. Your predictability in moods and matters uh, of, of, of life are very important. So consistency relates to your behavior and, you know, you're a reference point, you know, kids are explorers. And what explorers need are reference points to, to take bearings. Even if you're, you know, uh, using a GPS coordinate, you're using satellites to uh, identify your precise position. Well, Dad, you're like a satellite. Dad, you're like a a mountain, a reference point. So the consistency relates to that. The A in the ICANNs is the awareness of your child and their, their world. And that's when you use the... Uh, assets of a father, the uh, relationship to the child's mother, because she'll tell you things that you don't see about your kids. Uh, yes. Teachers, coaches, uh, uh, pastors, uh, a number of influences. Do you know your kids' best friends? Do you know their heroes? Uh, can you name your 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 child's teachers? Uh, I mean, it, it, it can go as deep as you want, but that awareness really again helps you understand. The issues your child is being confronted with. And then the last, the end, is the nurturance. And that's that affective and emotive part. Mm. Uh, Are you blessing your children? I mean, that's a huge Jewish history uh, uh, contribution, you know, as they, they model blessing. And you see it particularly in the New Testament as a heavenly father, not just once, at the, the, the baptism, but uh, on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17, uh, blessed uh, our Lord in, in a vivid way, saying, this is my son, my love and whom I'm well pleased. And, and that's where this nurturance is so key.
0: Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. So if somebody wants to get a hold of your resources, your books, how, where do they need to go?
1: Yeah, well, uh the the place where I've I've deposited a ton of stuff, you can access at 24/7 is fathers.com. fathers.com and and there too you can see the stuff that we produce curriculum for dads with uh, you know, special needs or challenging situations and then of course books and resources are available there as well.
0: It's awesome. That's great. Um, Okay, so if you've got two minutes, you've got two to three minutes with a a man, what is the most important thing that you want to relay to that man?
1: Well, I would say, number one, uh, what is your basis for your father? Why are you doing what uh, you believe is to be the most important thing? Is it because you had a good father and you want to emulate it? That's good. Continue to build on that. But then what are those goals and objectives and do you operationalize them? Because each year, as I said, there are new things that come our way through our kids' lives. And how are we staying in tune and how are we connecting as dads with those kids during that time? Uh, Again, I would ask, you know, talk to me about the relationship you have with your child's mother. And that uh, right there is gonna tell uh, a ton about a dad. And then finally, I would say, your pilgrimage as a son of another father. You can't be the dad you want to be until you're first the son. Mm -hmm. So that means reconciling any issues you have with your own father. And there are issues that every son has with their father. Now, some are really off the chart, you know, (laughs) overwhelming. If you've been abused, abandoned, or, you know, had huge father absence, but... Have you reconciled those? Have you really come to terms with those? And then how has a heavenly spiritual father filled those voids? Mm. What has he prompted and led you to do? Uh, and then I just have a prayer with the guy, okay? After listening to his responses, I would pray, and that's where dads who are smart, uh, dads without a small group or an accident waiting to happen. Amen. Now, <laughs> yeah and and that doesn't mean you have to have a weekly dad meeting you know you you have trusted uh brothers that that are you're accountable to that that yeah. hopefully are sharing some of the same pilgrimage issues you're sharing and and are you meeting with them and are you being honest and true and saying this is where I am and it's not good and 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 then saying okay uh, guys I need your prayers and support and you've got mine you know, battle buddies uh, as we uh, entertain and live life together. So good.
0: Man, that's a, I, I, this has been such great information. Love it. Dr. Canfield, I appreciate you coming on to the program. I, I want to ask real quick, how can we, as, as the listeners, how, how can we pray for you?
1: Well, this is uh, what I'm undertaking right now. I'm kind of summarizing the work that I've done over the last 30 years and and the the treatise I'm working on right now this fall it's called spiritual fathering what are the three four things in the spiritual realm that we need to attend to and how does that apply to our relationship with our children and uh what do we need to be doing as dad to dads to move the spiritual dynamism in our generational uh history forward with our kids that go to our grandkids and if i pray you you have this uh, opportunity to see your great-grandkids mm. i i think that would be something uh, so i i'd solicit prayers just that this speaks to the generation that's forthcoming the millennials raising the generation z or whatever you want to call them yeah. uh, because uh, i believe uh, the challenges to apply healthy spiritual life are, are even greater
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. great that's good we will add that to our prayer list guys and uh just just remember that as you're going through your week this week uh, everybody that's that hears this i want you guys just to to remember dr canfield and just what he's trying to do to impact uh fathers and, and really families because if you impact the father you impact the family that's that's for sure um dr canfield would you um dismiss us in prayer
1: sure be glad to Well, for the fathers listening, I do not know your situation, but I do know this. There is another father who knows the details. He knows the hairs on our head. He knows the number of days we have left. So may this be your prayer too. Father above, who is all wise, all knowing, all seeing, guide us today in the things that we must undertake that will leave a legacy of both love, respect, and most important spiritual foundation for generations to come. I pray for these dads that you would help them and give them prophetic insight into the challenges that they're facing and then constant presence by the Holy Spirit as they walk through them in cadence with you. I ask that and for myself and those listening. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being on the program today.
1: You got it, Caleb.
0: Wow, what an encouraging conversation. I pray that that really did cheer your heart, encourage your heart to spur you to be a better father. Next week, we're going to continue talking about dads, the power of fatherhood. And to go along with that, I'm giving away a free resource. If you're interested in getting a resource to help you in your fatherhood journey, Go to calebgordon.com. That's C-A-L-E-B Gordon, G-O-R-D-O-N.com. Send me an email and let me know you want the free resource and we can get them into your hands while supplies last. That's calebgordon.com. Thanks so much for taking time out of your schedule to listen to the program today. Have an incredible week. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of the families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.